Hey everyone, welcome to Reformed Podmatics, hosted by the pastors of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. It's Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey, and this podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Zach. And we thank you for tuning in this week and uh, joining us for a conversation about personality types. Um, This is something that occasionally comes up in Zach and my conversations with one another um, as we talk about um, how to help people in church, how to uh, help youth, um, how to preach, um, how to think about uh, relationships that we have with um, people. our wives and our uh, people around us. It, it's good to be aware of how people think, uh, how people act, what energizes us, um, how we process yeah. information. And so um, the the short form way of describing these two types of people is that there are introverts and extroverts. And I'm sure we'll find during the conversation that it's a lot more complicated than just two categories that people fit in. Um, but that is a helpful shorthand for uh, the different personality types of people that the Lord has created and um, live together in Christian community. And so we're going to be talking about uh, about this from a biblical perspective, looking at um, what are some of the strengths and weaknesses that different personality types are going to face. And particularly, we're going to ask, how is the church a great place for people of these different personalities? Yeah, I think there's there's lots of ways we could type personalities. We've probably all heard of different tests, yeah. like the Myers-Briggs, or maybe one of the more common ones more recently now is the Enneagram, but there are others. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like the spiritual strength or spiritual gifts tests that sure. you can do that are sort of the Christian version of, of those. Yeah. Uh, but I think in, as we discuss introverts and extroverts, it's it isn't the... Those those two terms don't say everything about any any particular person. They're not exactly super explanatory. The, the only thing that they do is really talk about where one's energy comes mm-hmm. from. You could say. Um, so, so if we were to have a definition of the two, in case you're wondering, most people sort of know. But in case you're wondering, introverts are those who tend to be a little bit more shy or introspective. Um, and I think that the reason for this um, is that the, really they get energy from being alone. They sort of uh, refuel or, re-energ- or re-energ- re-energized, yeah. recharged by being alone. And mm-hmm. so it's not so much that they're just shy. Uh, it's that they they enjoy quiet environments that aren't as stimulating, whereas an extrovert is essentially the opposite, where they recharge and get energy from being around other people. Now, it's a misconception, I think, to say that extroverts are the types of people that recharge by being a lo- around lots of people. Yeah. Some extroverts are like that, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of extroverts that I know are re- recharged through being with one or two people uh, for for a long time and don't really like to be alone. And so the difference really between the two is um, our feelings towards being alone do we mm-hmm. like it or do we kind of not like it? Do we get on edge by being alone? 
Uh, and then how do we feel about being around other people? So a lot of this has to do with our our social social patterns mm-hmm. and our uh, our ways of interacting with the world in terms of uh, fellowshipping or being around other people. So we're going to be talking about uh, life in the church for these mm-hmm. two groups. And we also want to clear up some misconceptions that come around for each. Um, and then we want to look at some of the strengths and weaknesses of each yeah. uh, and how they bless the church and different ways that we can help each other because we all sort of fall somewhere on the spectrum. And so if we're going to be called to be one body, uh, we need to learn how to how to effectively love one another and be empathetic, but also ca- call and charge one another to grow in places where we may naturally be weak. Yeah. So, um, that's a great point. I, I think of the, the song by U2, um, the song One. It's a kind of a love song, um, but it's really a song about community as well. I don't know if people listen to U2 very much, but if you've never heard the song One by U2, it's a very powerful song with a good tune. And um, towards the end of that song, he says, we're one, but we're not the same. And uh, he continues to say, we carry each other, uh, we carry each other. And so I, I really like that way of putting it. We are one in the church. We're one in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, introvert nor extrovert. <laughs> All are one in Christ Jesus. Um, and in that way, we are united profoundly, spiritually. That is a real unity. That is um, not just a possibility, but a, a reality in Christ. Um, but we're not the same. And so uh, that's the other half of that. Mm-hmm that line from the song one by you too. And so we're one and we're united, but we're not the same. There is diversity within unity uh, in the body of Christ. And so uh, we'll focus a lot more, I think on the diversity portion, but hopefully we never lose um, our view of the oneness and unity that we're called to in Christ. I think that if, if I were to, Hmm. if I were to caution people who get really excited about personality tests, it can be (laughs) that, um, that the, the loss of unity and oneness, um, at the expense of just focusing so much on what I'm like, what, what my friends are like, the people that I get along with really naturally. Um, if that's too much, the focus of a person, there's going to be a loss of a sense of, you know, I'm just like that other person in all the ways that matter most, mm-hmm. being a sinner saved by Christ. And so um, there's oneness, and, and Herman Bavink writes a lot about this, how the Christian actually holds to mm-hmm. um, a view of unity and diversity far better than any other religious structure can do. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of deep f- philosophy yeah. that goes into that yeah. statement. Uh, I've often heard it expressed that the Christian the Christian faith is one that teaches unity but not uniformity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this Great is point. taught in places like 1 Corinthians 12 or even Romans 12. Mm-hmm. Romans 12 in maybe simpler, a shorter way uh, where Paul says, for as in one body we have many members and the members do not, have all, do not all have the same function, mm-hmm. so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we share in this one body together. And so when we think about our differences, extroverts and introverts, it's very easy for us to have our biases. And it's very easy, I think, for us to paint the Christian faith as being uh, more, uh, it's it's more of an extroverted religion, or maybe it, somebody might think it's more of an introverted religion. I think it depends on the cultural setting. 
probably. Yeah, and the type of church that it is. Absolutely. I think, too. I think in in evangelical and broadly evangelical churches, extroversion is seen as being more pious and more holy. Um, and the so one up front who's, yes. you know, yeah. So like a Pentecostal setting sure. or a charismatic church setting. Yeah, the one who is more expressive of their worship, expressive in the way that they talk about their walk with Christ and their love for the Lord. Uh, yeah, the pastor ability. who's more bombastic and excited and energetic. And yep. Yeah, that's the one who draws the crowd. And so it can yep. be very easily in those settings for introverts to feel marginalized, pushed aside, under appreciated Mm -hmm. and it can almost feel like you're not really cut out for this whole christian thing unless you change whereas if you're in a more contemplative tradition it may feel quite the opposite yeah Uh, it may feel like really the introverts are a little bit closer to god than the rest of you uh the you you who can't stand being alone in prayer Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in study well you just can't be a good christian Mm. Uh, and so passages like romans 12 uh, or first corinthians 12 help us to see that no there's probably gifts on both sides here and while paul of course is not talking about introverts or extroverts Mm -hmm. and really the bible never does because those terms don't come until really the 20th century uh, it's it's helpful to think about Mm -hmm. even though there there's these terms aren't aren't listed in scripture aren't mentioned in scripture that it's quite clearly that there are people in scripture who Mm. we could think of uh, as being more so on one side of the spectrum than the other uh, and how we are all called to still live as one. So in that vein, Mark, I'm curious, where do you think you fall? I've always wondered about this. So (laughs) I, maybe I don't know myself very well, I guess, but um, I, I would consider myself probably an extrovert who is like if I think about what what do I really get excited about, it would be um, a New Year's party with some friends hmm. or um, Bible study. I, I love going to Bible study. Like I've, I've talked occasionally in here about my prison ministry and, and how I get in a group of five or six guys and we talk about the Bible. Hmm. Um, when I go and see my family or when we go and see my wife's family in British Columbia, I get really... Um, excited about just talking with my brothers-in-law or um, you know my, my family in, in Indiana, and so it would be small groups of people that, if, if I think that that probably gets me most energized and like looking forward to something. Coaching baseball—that's I just started that. Coaching my son's nine to eleven-year-old little league team, and I get excited to think about. There's a game tonight, and we're gonna go and. Um, I get to be the coach and uh, you know write the lineup card and be with the boys and that that's exciting to me, but yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm a hard and fast extrovert. This is all on a spectrum, right? Like yeah. there are those people totally. who have got to be with people and that's the only way that they can live um, and 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 almost feel energized. With that person is going to have some spiritual challenges um, at different points in their life, but that's not me. But I, I would say, like, even after church on Sunday, I do feel pretty energized by that. I'm physically tired and mentally yeah. drained, but I do feel like that really was a helpful, good thing for me to be with all those people at church. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting to hear you mention the spectrum because yeah. I feel like I'm very much um, 
not I'm not really stuck on either one myself. I, I think I am an introvert when it comes down to it. Hmm. So I feel like I'm almost the exact opposite of you. <laughs> uh, where we're sort of both in the middle. We're pretty moderate, yeah, but yeah. I'm just on the other side of the divide uh, as an introvert. So I really do love and value alone time. Uh, and so I, I often will find myself uh, getting up a little bit early or going to bed a little bit late just so I can have mm-hmm. just carve out a few minutes of time by myself um, and that makes me feel recharged um, just to like think for a little while or yeah. read or yeah yeah just know. to have time for being in my head and I don't know why <laughs> that is maybe that has something to do with my development as a child I'm sure it does mm-hmm. but uh, I really have always been sort of kept to myself I think in college and in seminary, uh, I really began to force myself out of this. Um, It wasn't so much because I was ashamed of myself. It was partly because I knew that if I was going to be called to do what I do now as a a pastor, I was going to have to learn people skills. I was going to have Mm -hmm. to learn to love people and to be able to communicate with them and maintain relationships with people. And so Especially I really youth. began, yeah, I really <laughs> yeah. began to throw myself out there. Um, there was some stuff that happened in high school with my, with my siblings that, and, and my, my girlfriend at the time that really, I think made me feel like I, maybe there was some shame there. I mm. think I, I was, a, I was ashamed of being awkward and shy. And so for years after that, I began really trying to work on people skills so I could feel comfortable in social situations. Um, and I think I, I have come a long way. I actually, I really enjoy social interaction. Uh, but I know at the end of the day, I still will need some time alone myself. Um, I really, I, I don't get sick of being alone. I could be by myself for a whole week and I don't think I would be wigging out or anything i think i would be all right to go on some sort of like silent retreat or something like that i think i could survive and enjoy it yeah a a good way to think about this is um like both of us went to college what do we think back on from college as like the best part about it Hmm. for the introvert it would be studying and learning and just like seminary that was for sure the case and and just like i'm it's there it's me there with the book and i love Mm -hmm. it for me, when I think of college, it's my dorm. Hmm. Like I just had an amazing dorm my first year, yeah. and I'm I still get in touch <laughs> with guys. We we went on vacation from my with my RA, you know, from that dorm just a few years ago. Now we have families, and they live all the way in Vancouver. We met up in Oregon, and, and just like that camaraderie and going to the cafeteria with mm-hmm. four of your buddies, like oh, that's just to me one of the best things about yeah. college. So yeah. uh, that's maybe a good way of, of thinking about the introvert extrovert. I think maybe I've, I've probably gotten better at just sitting and reading a book for a little while. Hmm. Um, with kids, that's a little bit more difficult. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, overall that does energize me a little bit too. So, um, so let's talk about some misconceptions about yeah. the, the different personality types. Um, I think um, the, probably the biggest one is that uh, introverts just don't like people, right? Yeah. Um, or that that it's uh, it's always because of shame or guilt or some personality defect in some way that this mm-hmm. person is is 
going off to do their own thing that doesn't stick around for a long time in the foyer after church that they just yeah. need need time to go sit in the car uh-huh. um i think that that's probably the biggest personality type misconception that i can think of is the person who just needs some space is wrong or or bad in some way yeah yeah defective is a good way yeah. of putting it and th- th- i think that that can be true a lot of introverts mm. do lack some basic interpersonal skills um i can admit that as an introvert that i i certainly did um but i'm still an introvert and i think i'm a lot better at this now uh, and i I, th- I think it's not true at all that introverts don't like people yeah i think introverts love people uh, or can <laughs> maybe not all introverts do but um it's very i i find that introverts are the kind of people that really like to have uh deep one-on-one conversations mm. they find meaningful conversation uh, a lot more enjoyable than not even i wouldn't say superficial conversation but just uh conversation that isn't too too deep introverts almost have such a preference in my experience for deep conversation that they kind of don't have patience for conversations that don't mm. get to that yeah and that can therefore inhibit them from forming relationships where deep conversations begin to happen mm-hmm. and so it can kind of it can it can be a difficult place to be uh, but i think deep down if they do love people and they crave community uh, but they want community to be on a sort of intellectual or contemplative level so i think as an introvert myself the best friendships are the ones where i was able to get into really deep conversations with friends about what was going on in our lives, our hearts, how we were messing up and how we needed to confess our sin. Um, But also things, just talking about our perspective on the world Mm. and whether that was things going on in culture or in our, in, in our church or the different biblical like studies we were Mm. doing. Uh, Those kinds of things really excited me as an introvert and so I love people. I don't, I don't think that that's true. I think that is a good common misconception to mention. Uh, and I think another one is that introverts aren't or can't be effective witnesses to the gospel. They can't be good at evangelism. Mm. Um, of course, there's going to be difficulties for someone who's not good with, with interacting with others. But I think because of their ability to think deeply, generally speaking, they can they may might be a, a better equipped to have a really good interactive conversation with someone where they're able to uh, respond to questions or concerns that somebody might have yeah really listen to them yeah yeah and be able to to respond in ways that will be helpful um, and so introverts can be effective um we often think that evangelism has to happen from somebody who's just naturally inclined to go out and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's the case at all. And in fact, introverts because of their propensity for friendship are often really good in what we might call friendship evangelism and, and, mm-hmm. and growing a relationship very deep and having deep conversations about the gospel, uh, not just a five minute overview, but, having repeated conversations about about things uh, relating to the gospel. And so those are some things I think that can be cleared up. But we already did mention that some churches emphasize extroversion. Some churches emphasize introversion. Mm-hmm. So depending on your church, you may feel like 
I, I'm not really a good Christian mm-hmm. because I don't match up with the sort of model that my pastor gives. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of churches today have extroverted, extremely extroverted pastors. And so we think that that's what the ideal Christian looks like, or it may be the reverse. And neither of those is genuinely the case. Yeah, and I think the place you don't want to be is forced into being the opposite of kind of what you are right like how god has designed a person so i think of the pastor you know this is a pressure for i think every evangelical pastor is to look at Mm -hmm. that extroverted very energetic preacher pastor um and feel the need to be like that in some way Mm -hmm. or if if like i'm not really like that and so if i can't be like that well then i'm just less than i guess i'll just resolve myself to being kind of a second rate uh Mm -hmm. you know pastor who just never really achieves a whole lot Um, or you can get curmudgeonly about that yeah and and then begin to emphasize the the study that you do and the intellectual rigor of your work kind of self-righteous and you can uh, become self-righteous and begin to give an air to that extroversion is unspiritual yeah uh, in response too absolutely and uh, hence the need for Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 of just saying we're glad that there are those pastors of of churches, large and small, who are very evidently excited to be in a large group um, Mm -hmm. preaching to the church. And then there are those others who are um, going to be quieter and and more thoughtful. I just started listening to more John Stott sermons lately, and Mm -hmm. you get the sense that he's a more introverted person not he was, he was celibate too. You never never married. Yeah, and and just not a energetic person really in his hmm. preaching. But um, not like a Martin Lloyd Jones would be. But John Stott just being a a very thoughtful, extremely careful um, person in how he worded things. And so yeah. again, a great value. Um, I was thinking this morning about the text in Philippians one, where Christ is priest preached. I rejoice and. Yeah. And so we can do that in uh, different models of ministry. Um, mm. Now, has, there's, I think there are better ways of communicating the gospel, and Paul agrees with that totally, too, that yeah. gives correction to where things get out of control in one direction or the other. Mm. But um, overall, we can say where Christ is preached, we rejoice. And so I think um, one of the misconceptions maybe about extroverts as we're on this topic of misconceptions is that um, is that they, the only place that these people are happy is with other people. I, like I said, I, I think that I am more extroverted, and that's something that energizes me is to be with small groups of people, mm-hmm. um, to live in my dorm in college. But um, Saturday, I'll, I'll give you my Saturday routine and, and sermon prep. I'll often be working really hard by myself a lot on Saturday, yeah. um, and then I'm laying in bed and I cannot sleep and so I'll, I'll just go and and watch something just by myself of mm-hmm. uh, it's my tradition to watch a very campy television show called mystery science theater 3000 on saturday nights after my sermon <laughs> is is complete and so it's funny to me it's very cheesy and corny and i find it hilarious and there's i just go on and watch on youtube for about 20 minutes it gets my mind on something else and able yeah. to relax and even as an extroverted person, I have to learn to be by myself and um, you know, thoughtful, careful, uh, and then 
when this happens, then I can go and go and sleep, which is what I need to do on Saturday nights. And so, um, I, I think the, the thought can be that extroverts just kind of are with people with people and then they just burn out and then they have to go, you know, sleep at the end of the day. Um, maybe some people (laughs) are like that, but, um, I think most extroverts that I know do find some relief and some refreshment in being by themselves. Yeah. And I think the reverse is true for introverts. Yeah. Uh, it's good for them to be around people and they will feel like they enjoy it. it. It's almost as if their battery gets drained eventually by being around people. And so to recharge that battery, they need to be alone, but it's good to spend the energy of that battery. Yeah. It's good to go and do the thing that is not your, your norm, I guess, or what, what you do as a baseline. But I think all of this is really important for us to address because because of these misconceptions, mm-hmm. it's easy for us to look at others with suspicion. And I think one of the main objectives of even doing this episode is for us to have a better appreciation for one another. And so it's also good for us to talk about ways in which each type blesses the body and, and what, what gifts do we bring to our fellowship. Yeah. So I'll start with extroverts and I'll... I, I, I can think of an extrovert that comes to mind uh, from our own church. I won't name any names, but this particular in- individual, I think of them as the glue uh, of our church in, in a lot of ways, the social glue. Mm-hmm. And it's because of this one person that I think many people have who wouldn't have otherwise been connected or gotten to know each other probably started to get to know each other and this this person is sort of a social butterfly and i think that this is a huge blessing to to our church's fellowship Uh, somebody who feels very comfortable talking to just about any kind of person that walks through the doors this person is not an officer this person is not ordained uh this person just is this way they are yeah (laughs) you probably know who i'm talking about (laughs) as i say this Uh, i don't want to embarrass him or her i will will leave it totally anonymous Uh, but there are men and women who fit that description and yeah hopefully every church yeah yeah and so man without people like this a lot of churches would be would be hard to to live in um if everybody was so kept to themselves. So it's people like this that sort of stir the pot in a good way, that get people to interact with one another. And I think that that is absolutely essential. And so as an introvert, I see people like this, and I am deeply and profoundly grateful for for their their life, the, mm. the just the way that they are, uh, the ways that they bless me as well. Yeah, like we can imagine a visitor to a church standing in the foyer uh, after the service, there maybe it's a, a, a couple, young couple, mm-hmm. and they're just standing there talking. And that's excruciating for introverts and extroverts, right? Yeah. Because no matter what your personality type, you want someone to notice you and mm-hmm. just chat, like in yeah, that totally. moment right there. And it is often those extroverts who will go and notice that and approach them. And um, maybe, maybe as you describe that, I'm realizing another extrovert misconception would be that these are always very energetic people. Oh yeah, right. So like, um, not point. not every extrovert is going to be like, "Hey, wow, I'm so glad yeah, to see yeah, you." Yeah. Like, not uh, always expressive. It, yeah, it, um, or at, or jubilant. <laughs> as I think of the people at our church who will approach visitors, it's often 
people who are not all that expressive. They're just friendly, mm-hmm. and maybe it's even a challenge for them uh, to go up to a, a stranger and welcome them. But um, they they do that, and you know we praise God for it, of course. And so mm-hmm. I, th- I think you're right that it is good to have those those um, those glue people or people who are just noticing other people. Like mm-hmm. m- maybe that would be something an introvert needs to work on at times is just like get out of yourself a little bit and just notice what's going on around you. I think the introvert is always looking at what's going on around them. Um, Maybe the extrovert is always looking. Sorry, the extrovert is maybe too much so that with (laughs) that can come some social anxiety of what did so-and-so think of me when I said this and and all that, whereas the introvert just doesn't care as much. Mm -hmm. Um, In doing some research for this, I... I found uh, a description of Bill Gates. And so hmm. he's a famous introvert where he's very bookish <laughs> and um, very, uh, a little bit socially awkward, you would say, in interviews. Yeah. Um, but the little blurb that I read said, but neither does he care what anyone thinks about him. Hmm. He just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's partly because of his introversion of saying, I'm okay with myself. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what they think. Yeah, I, I'm just going to wear you know, uh, dorky clothes and dorky glasses and not really care what my hair looks like. And, yeah. and, um, that's difficult as a kid growing up, yeah, but I think yeah. once you get into a, being a, an adult, you, I, I don't care. I used yeah. to care a lot about how I looked, <laughs> but yeah, I don't care anymore either what people think. <laughs> right. And so that can be a, a blessing in a way, but the opposite maybe for the extrovert would be a deep, mm. almost dependency on how people mm. are interpreting them or receiving them. So yeah. could be a, a struggle maybe for that person. Yeah. Anyways, I I think I could think of how introverts bless the church. Um, and, uh, and one way is, is probably noticing um, other people who are introverted also and connecting on a, on mm. a maybe more personal level, uh, a deeper level with those kinds of people. In the Bible, I think of the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, where uh, what is the situation there? Philip just kind of finds this guy studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. He's reading from the scroll of Isaiah, and (laughs) I I would guess that in that moment, um, Philip is is able to connect with the the Ethiopian eunuch on a profound level um, because he's been thinking about a lot of those things, too. Or he has yeah. heard Christ explain the scriptures. Uh, you know, Jesus, of course, quoted Isaiah um, as, when he began in his ministry. And so somebody who's thought a lot about that can mm-hmm. see another person who is thinking hard about something. And it's not a, it's not a, a mass conversion of 3,000 people at Pentecost, but it's a conversion of one guy sitting at the riverside reading the scriptures. Yeah. Um, and, and so an introvert, I think, would be particularly well equipped to do evangelism or ministry in that very personal direct way yeah that's a that's a really good distinction from the book of acts there are the sort of you yeah. know, mass conversions that happen i on think that'd be peter scale. right is probably you're an extrovert <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, is, that is interesting i had not thought of that in thinking about this material and they're near each other in acts even too like it, it's maybe almost a contrast yeah um, in, in the telling of the story hmm that's interesting it goes from like the big scale to the small scale yeah um but yeah how do introverts bless the body that's another thing we could think of uh which you just you just said 
I think a lot of times introverts are the kind of people that like to do things unseen. Mm. They're very good at following Jesus' com- Jesus's command and not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. <laughs> right. And so to to or to do things without other people noticing. And so uh, as I think as pastors and people who are physically here at the church all week, uh, we see people come in the doors and set up <laughs> things for different yeah. ministries or different events and we see the the person or the couple who comes in and make sure that all the paper plates and the plastic spoons and the and the napkins are all put in place every week before Sunday or we see the church is locked up at yeah, the end of yeah, the day yeah exactly all that uh, there's all these little things that people do behind the scenes around here it's really mind blowing to me as somebody who this is my first church that I've worked at uh, like this um, yeah there's a lot of people that I almost feel like you should be getting paid for what you do because you give so much time sure. without anybody recognizing what you do. Uh, and so I think these are often the introverted kind of people. Not always, but very often the introverts love to work in secret, so to speak. Um, yeah, another but, distinction there too is when that person comes to church, uh, the extrovert is still looking for us, <laughs> you know? It's like you can't stop by church without peeking the head in the office of pastors and yep. the secretary yep. and checking in and see how is everything doing. But there, I think there are far more people, like you mentioned, who just come and do their thing and they're they're just okay. And we're okay with this too. Yeah. If, if somebody comes into the church and doesn't say hi to us um, oh, yeah. every time they, they feel like they have to do that. And, um, you know, <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, yeah, there could be some anxiety or some insecurity, I think, um, in, in both camps. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully both are just able to do what they are called to do in the church. And, and that kind of leads into where we want to go. And as we start to conclude the episode and mm-hmm. note some spiritual struggles for the uh, the different sides of, of this coin. Um, and mm-hmm. to to just summarize the spiritual struggles, I, I found this quote in the book Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So if this is a topic that's very interesting to you, um, it's something that you think a lot about and personality types matter a lot to you, community matters, read Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's only about 120 pages and they're even small pages and it's, chock full of scripture references great thought from this man who really understood a lot about community Hmm. he has a whole chapter on the life together meaning in community and then the life alone and so that uh, involves the christian spending i never knew that he had he had one on the life alone yeah that's what's one chapter in the book and and so um it's uh it's it's really good in contrasting these things so anyways he says on page 77 of this book um, let him who cannot be alone beware of community. So he's saying, if you are afraid of being alone, if you're afraid of um, your own thoughts uh, being left alone, then you're going to seek things in community that uh, community will become an idol for you. Um, And it will be a dangerous thing actually to be in community because you can't just sit with your thoughts, pray, um, be alone. And, and then he says in one paragraph later, let him who cannot be in community beware of being alone. Um, mm-hmm. The ultimate example, uh, this is a very extreme, of course, you think of the Unabomber type person mm-hmm. who is just 
off in the cabin, rejects community, and it's bad for him to be alone. Um, yeah. It becomes a toxic thing, actually. To It's a retreat. It's a withdrawal from uh, the Christian life to, to love our neighbors. So um, I think that that gets a little bit to some of the struggles that introverts and extroverts face. Again, read life together uh, if, if this is something that is interesting to you for more wisdom yeah, on shit. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so what do introverts face then? Uh, I think one of the struggles that introverts face is as we've sort of mentioned, this is a common thread, I think, um, the the shame of feeling as if they are lesser than. Mm. Um, I, for years, dealt with this basically all throughout middle school, high school, into college, and even in seminary. I, I, I grew up in circles where evangelism was p- pushed so much uh, that I felt mm. like I was... There was something wrong with me for not being able to just walk up to anybody on the street and tell them about Jesus and be able to convert them on the spot. Mm. Um, and so I felt shame for not not being as vocal or as expressive or interactive, especially as a young person. Um, and so it was a struggle to feel like I was a a real Christian. And then I would I remember going to youth camps or to youth conferences and feeling like because I didn't have this extroverted, super expressivistic personality that I was not on fire for the Lord. Mm-hmm. My my relationship with Jesus was probably not white hot because of that. And so... Yeah, the cool kids are the ones with all the friends. Yeah. And that can get transferred into a spiritual mentality. Totally. Too. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it was... I remember in seminary reading a book, and it's a pretty formative book for me. Um, it's called... You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. And one of the chapters he talks about how in youth ministries, very often in evangelical youth ministries, um, extroversion is seen as being like a hooray for Jesus, on fire for Jesus sort of thing. And kids who are more prone to the intellectual life can get overlooked and can get seen as being lesser Christians because they're just not wearing it on their sleeve. Hmm. And... That was sort of therapeutic for me. <laughs> uh, it was a balm to my soul to read that and think, yeah, that's how I've always felt. Uh, and so I, I think I dealt with a lot of uh, feeling like I was just never going to cut it. Um, and I think as a, as a pastor, I still, I think, feel like that sometimes. Mm. It's easy for me to, to feel down on myself as if I'm just not good and good enough in certain ways because of my, uh, my propensity to... Uh, disengage to pull away to to enjoy being alone Mm. Um, and so and i think you've mentioned before that our youth group which is not a rah-rah group is reflects my personality in some ways but (laughs) but where i want to go with that is um there are kids who come to our youth group who would not go to the rah-rah youth group where it's like you know um throwing food at each other and uh, yeah. like eating as many marshmallows as you can. It's like, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it's good to have that fun, but yeah. there, there's a, there's an ethos. We, we use that word a lot on the podcast. There's an ethos to our youth group that is going to be more contemplative and, uh, yep. and, and less hyper just to be mm-hmm. quite honest. And some kids really need that in their, their discipleship. Yeah, uh, so it has become a haven, I think, for certain kids, and it's really enjoyable for me, and I think it is for them too. 
Uh, this isn't to say that it shouldn't strive to be a youth group that's for all kids uh, that, that come through the doors, but mm-hmm. I think it has, yeah, it has become a place where kids who felt like me can can feel very comfortable. Um, there's yeah. a lot that could be said about that, but I think we could leave it there. <laughs> yeah, and um, and then on the opposite side, you have uh, the the spiritual struggle, which we've well established for the extrovert, which is kind of needing that social interaction in order to feel like you're growing at all spiritually. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's that segues me into the beauty of the church, really, because I think particularly of a worship service as this amazing, unifying event where introverts and extroverts can be nourished profoundly. Um, yeah. and, and by that I mean a, a thoughtful uh, Christian worship service um, where there is singing and there is obvious community uh, there is fellowship time as people are walking in together. There's a buzz in the the foyer and in the um, and in the sanctuary before the service starts. Um, there's uh, musicians talking with one another, right? That's a social thing that's happening. Um, but then there's also the moments of the service that are just about listening and pausing. And for the extrovert, that's nourishing to the soul as well. And so the worship service itself calls the extrovert into community yep. and the the worship service itself calls the extrovert to just stop stop and think receive think, pray yeah. yeah pray pause um i'm always struck by how um just solemn and and pure moments of silence in worship are um we i've tried to do that a lot more in my leading of worship starting the service with mm-hmm. a moment of silent prayer including silent prayer in confession, um, even having a, a silent pause in a sermon just for us to stop and think for a second about mm. um, some truth that is very powerful from God's word. Um, but also, of course, meeting that with um, social expressions as well. Uh, commun- communion itself is is this center point for the extrovert and the introvert as well, where it's very introspective to receive communion. Yeah. Uh, especially, I think, in the way that we distribute it, where you you have a moment to sit with the bread in your hand mm-hmm. and just think about what's in your hand and, and the body of Christ. But then you also do this corporately as well, and so you look around and see the encouragement uh, that comes from other people who are participating in the sacrament too. So yeah. the, they're, they're, the Lord has designed not only individuals, but has designed the church to minister to different kinds of individuals in hmm. some really cool ways yeah there's there's something for everyone you could yeah. say in oh, a worship absolutely. service and there's also aspects of a worship service that will work against the grain yeah the challenge the everyone yeah that will stretch you yeah uh, and help you to grow and so that is a great way to i think in this conversation uh, to look at ourselves we can accept ourselves in, in the in the right sense for our our the way that God has created us, but we can also work to uh, to grow in the mm-hmm. areas where we we may need to to do some looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good place for us to, to be. So we thank you guys for listening and for joining us for yet another conversation. We look forward to being with you next week. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. and we will see you next week. All right, bye. Grace and peace. <laughs>